What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here with my son. He's in the background, so if you hear him, I'm sorry. Just ripped RHR with our good friend Matthew Odell. Quality rip, coffee rip. Ripped it earlier this week. Matt and I both have something to do this afternoon, so we got it in at 11.30 a.m. East Coast time. This rip was brought to you by good friends at Unchained Capital. Doing incredible things, building Bitcoin native products, taking advantage of the inherent utility that the Bitcoin network provides, particularly around multisig. Uh, they 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 want their customers to to utilize Bitcoin's security features uh, to the best of their abilities, and using Unchained as a partner to do so. So, you guys should know about their their White Glove Concierge service. It takes you from zero to a multi multisig setup with their Vault product and their Vault product. And allows you to hold two of three keys. You hold two keys. Unchained Capital holds one key. Uh, you can always move your UTXOs out of the vault by yourself with your two keys. Uh, but Unchained does have that key. And if you ever need them to to help you move uh, your UTXOs, they can sign one of those two keys needed in the two or three multi-sig setup. Uh, if all this is gibberish to you and you want to learn more about it, this is why they have the White Glove Concierge Service. They're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig, explain to you what it is why you should be using it. Uh, they're going to get you comfortable with their Volt program, their multi-sig implementation specifically, their Volt product. Uh, uh, explain how that works, walk you through it. They're going to do this with multiple video conference calls. Uh, on top of that, they're going to send you hardware wallets uh, to, to create your keys and, and teach you how to create your private public key pairs, how to back that up, how to engage in the multi-sig quorum with those hardware wallets. Um, so they're going to get you all set up, get a vault set up. And then at the end of the day, you're going to get a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin put in your vault. And so this is their, their service. If you tell them TFTC, TFTC sent you, uh, you're going to get $50 off. So it is originally a $1,500 package will become a $1,450 package for you freaks. Tell them that TFTC sent you go to www.unchained-capital.com. Check out all their products. Uh, including including their blog, which has some of the best content in the space. Uh, everybody at Unchained is super smart, and the, the way they approach Bitcoin uh, makes me proud to have them as a sponsor here at TFTC. We will link directly to the White Glove Concierge service in the show notes, so you can go right there if you're interested in the multi-sig vault setup. This rip is also brought to you by good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Sats, 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 sats. Sats, sats, sats. Son, you gotta pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. You gotta pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. Guess what, freaks? Cash apps help you stack sats, send sats, receive sats, and sell sats. Sats stackers set the floor that allows us to pump it up, pump it up. You gotta pump it up. And you can do so by stacking sats on the cash app. What are sats, you may be asking? If you're new to Bitcoin, well, sats is short for Satoshi's. Satoshi is the smallest unit of a Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. One Bitcoin can be broken up into 100 million Satoshis or sats, and you can start stacking sats. Again, on the cash app, you can DCA into sats. That's dollar cost average. You set it and forget it. You buy a set amount on a set cadence, whether it be daily, weekly, or biweekly, and you just have the sat stacking going on in the background. On top of that, they have their sats back boost every once in a while. It allows you to go use your boost card wherever Visa is accepted. You have your Bitcoin boost initiated, and you get sats back. On that purchase, uh, Cash App can even be your bank account. They're offering account numbers and routing numbers for you freaks. You want to get your paychecks direct deposited into the app so you can stack sats more efficiently. That is now possible as well. 
Um, so go check all of this out. Download the Cash App to your local app store today. When you do, make sure you use the code StackingSats. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. <laughs> Owls Lacrosse. Son, do you have anything to add here? You're going to come in? Get the chapstick out. Oh, you have a door stopper in your mouth. Dad's recording ads here. She'd be paying attention to you. I'm sorry. Got the door stopper out. Now, son, do you have anything to add here? Yeah, very good advice. Very good advice. I agree. Oh, yeah. Anything else? That's okay. Yeah? All right. Enjoy, freaks. Take care. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. We're live. We're live. We're recording. You got to pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. You got to pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. Matthew, $51,940 according to the block clock behind you. What a week. Your your mooch your mooch call was correct. How'd that feel? Did you, did you see it yet? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. All my, like... This was that was the interview that my dad's friends were finally excited about, you know. You know, it's good to make Papa proud, you know. His friends are, um, yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a little bit unreal. I mean, I, I, because the 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 meme of like the great short squeeze that is is Bitcoin, uh, really manifested itself really quickly. Like, I see a lot. I mean, we had the Winklevosses were were tweeting about, uh, if, if you don't own Bitcoin, you're short Bitcoin. And then one of them, uh, you know, of course they have to ruin everything. It was like, if you don't own ETH, you're short ETH. But yeah, I'm short you know, ETH. That's by design. Tyler, it's short good ETH. Be, it's, it's good to be short ETH. Yeah. If you're long ETH, you're short on some brain cells, I think. Um, pretty controversial to say these days, but I think in the long term that'll prove to be right. I've said it many times. I believe that Ethereum is the, the Theranos of this cryptocurrency world, but we're not here to talk about Ethereum. Whoa. We're here to talk Whoa, about is that, what? Is that how you pronounce? Isn't it Theranos? 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 I don't know. You, we all know I'm not good at enunciating yeah. or pronouncing words, so I'm sure I'll be corrected. Are you already in the comments? What are the, what are the freaks saying? Is it in all caps uh, Thursday? I, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the live chat. I promised you I wasn't going to be in the live chat. All right, good. Good. Um, it's just because I haven't had it. I didn't open it up yet. This is still this is an early rip of RHR, which means it's a coffee rip. Coffee, which means Matt needs to like get in his get in his zone. AutoZone. This episode brought to you by AutoZone to help Matt get in the zone. Just kidding, but AutoZone. If you want to sponsor the pod, let us know. <laughs> Big week. Uh, broke through the 50k barrier. We'll go to Clark's dashboard, which was down earlier this week. This is why you run your own node, freaks. The uh. The energy crisis in Texas, uh, I haven't talked to Clark. I'm just assuming that it knocked his 
electricity out, which which knocked his node uh, down, and it, w- it was behind significantly for quite a time. But I'm seeing the little green dot in the bottom right hand corner. Looks like everything's a go now on Clark's dashboard. The current price, as you can see behind Matthew, I believe it's pulling from this dashboard, is $51,940. The cuck buck isn't going as far anymore. It's getting you less than 2,000 sats per dollar. Currently 1,925 sats per cuck buck. Market cap approaching 1 trillion, currently sitting at 967.6 billion cuck bucks. We are at block 671,144. I had the pleasure of glancing over at my node yesterday when we hit uh, block 671,000. It was just like a nice 671,000, just like a nice round, even number. felt good to catch it then, particularly. Um, that was exactly a day ago, 144 blocks ago. Uh, there are currently 18,632,062.58 Bitcoin uh, that have been distributed to the market via the protocol. That's 88.72% of every Bitcoin that will ever exist uh, there's there's not that many left. We've got a, we've got some mining to do, but after that, all the 21 million Bitcoin will be distributed to the market. I believe it's like 99.95% within the next 12 years. Uh, we have a difficulty retarget coming up in 184 blocks, estimated to be tomorrow at some point. And right now, blocks are coming in at 9 minutes and 54 seconds, so a little bit quicker than the 10-minute target. That is set in the protocol. So when we have our adjustment in 184 blocks, it's estimated to be a 1.1% difficulty increase. Uh, fees per block are going up. I've been following that stat on my block clock pretty pretty aggressively, and uh, we're almost getting to to an average of one Bitcoin worth of fees per block over the last 2016 blocks. I believe it's currently at 0.98 something. Um, what else do we got here? Clark's mempool. Currently 77,653 transactions in that mempool. Samurai, Whirlpool. Uh, believe the unspent value uh, is at an all-time high, currently sitting at $101.7 million. There are 196.54 Bitcoin uh, in unspent capacity and in, in liquidity in the Whirlpool ecosystem, software, coin join whatever we're, we're referencing it. How would you say, Bullish. Matthew? In the Whirlpool, privacy, liquidity pool. I like that. Okay. I like that. Um, yeah, we got there. Matt, we f- we fudged up last week. We fudged up pretty bad. What did we what? fudge up? Do you know what we fudged up? We. It's impossible. It's impossible to fudge something up. What did we do? We fudged up pretty bad. We didn't read the shout outs. Oh yeah, we did. I mean, you fucked that up. Well, this is this is a, a two man show here. <laughs> I need you to to hold me to account, right? And and likewise, I will hold yeah, you yes, to it, account. It was it was it was it was really uh, we both we both fucked it up. But also, every freak that was in the live chat also fucked it up, freak. So that's on you guys as well. Yeah, it is on the freaks in the live live chat. Um, yeah, you guys fudged up too. Thanks for holding us to account. We told you never to trust us. We need you to we need you to keep us keep us in line here. If you are in the live chat right now and you aren't, subscribe to the channel. Subscribe, hit that like button, share it with a friend. Give us a retweet on Twitter. We tweeted it out. If you're listening via Periscope, if you're listening uh, after the live recording on your favorite podcast app, give us a like a review. We need rates and reviews. They go a long way. Uh, if you, if you're 
be so kind to give us a rate and review, potentially share it on social media to, to get other people to do it. We'd, we'd really appreciate it. We'd give you some internet love there. Uh, getting right into the shout outs because I forgot them last week. I don't want to be that big of an asshole. Um, so here's the first one. Sup freaks. Is shitcoinery just something we have to deal with at work? I'm the Bitcoin guy and we do weekly Bitcoin one-on-one group chat lessons, like what money is and share podcasts like TFTC. You all know that the giga Chad stuff, but now a lot of the group is posting shit coins in 2017. It was all about ICOs. But now they're all into earning yield using shitcoins. I've been doing my damnedest to show them the shitcoins versus Bitcoin stuff, but to no avail, I'm about to just post, have fun staying poor, but I do work with these people. So I'm trying to stay humble. Does mainstream just have to learn shitcoinery lessons themselves? If so, we are far from mainstream adoption. Yeah, I mean, this is just going to happen. People got to touch the stove. There's been many cycles of of shitcoinery uh, it started with uh pow chains uh, fair launch pow change then pre-mine pow change then ethereum uh incited uh yeah, vitalik is is proud for normalizing the the normalization of small pre-mines and that has incited a platform where all these scams can easily be spun up we saw that in 2017 with ICOs and uh, the current DeFi governance token yield uh, farming craze, I believe, is just another uh, magulation of, of these shitcoin cycles. And it, it has happened up to this point. I think it's getting a little less crazy than it has in the past. But um, no, you don't think no, so? No, we're just... It- we just haven't hit the new crazy yet. That's true. We're about, you know, we're, we're on the verge. Like retail really is like the, the full cycle isn't really here yet. Like if we compare this to the previous cycle, we're around, you know, $2,500, $3,000 Bitcoin, maybe a little bit less. Um, so like the real craziness hadn't happened yet in that cycle, in the last cycle. Um, so I expect more uh, bullshit. I expect, you know, I, I think, I think, Unfortunately, you know, this time is not going to be that different. Uh, and the important thing that people should realize is I don't really think um, these shit coins are, they, they, they're not a threat to Bitcoin. They're a threat to the individuals that speculate on them. Um, and they'll, you know, they'll learn their lesson one way or the other. Uh, yes, it is true that some people will successfully trade them for more Bitcoin. But the overwhelming majority won't and would be better off uh, simply staying humble and stacking stats. Yes. Yes, G. Sidhu has been throwing out the stat quite a lot recently, and I think it's good uh, for people to hear if you haven't heard it yet. But there's been some research in FX markets specifically around FX traders and how often they are, are successful or profitable um, in their trade, uh, trades. And if like the research has been done shows that 89% of foreign exchange traders are, are not profitable and actually wind up losing money. Um, so I, I think, especially with how volatile these markets are, I think you could probably assume that the, the, the amount of people losing money in, in these markets is around the same, around 90%. Um, that's why Matt coined the phrase, more, stay humble. Like whale, Go ahead. Uh, for illiquid shit coins, like whales, whales have so much more control than you. Yeah. You know, so like if you're just a little, if, if you're just like a little pleb just trying to fuck around with some illiquid shitcoin, they can just fucking play games with you all day long. Yeah. 
and they will. And that, I mean, and that's the impetus for stay humble, stack sats, correct? It's it's don't get drawn into the siren calls that of these shit coins. They're they very attractive. It's like Ulysses. You had to tie himself to the mast. I got I got yelled at for saying stern at one point. He tied himself to the mast because the sirens were were singing these beautiful songs. Uh, but if you actually go close to the sirens, they're going to eat you. Um, this is what happens with shit coins. They're going to eat your Bitcoin uh, if you if you fall prey to their siren calls. That's what's cool about stacking sats is that we turned it from a situation where the plebs, you know, were we were getting massacred, you know, in these illiquid, semi-free markets that have you know very little regulation, um, into a situation where. Um, we, we can weaponize the whales for our own advantage, right? Like these whales are going to need to come into Bitcoin eventually. If you're a wealthy person, you're going to need to come into Bitcoin. That's whether, whether you're a shit coiner and in terms of shit coins, or if you're a shit coiner in terms of holding gold or a shit coiner in terms of holding a ton of real estate, you're going to need to come into Bitcoin eventually. Um, so as long as we just keep stacking, um, they're going to pump our bags. They just have no choice. It's just survival. Yes. So stay the course freaks. And, and, and when it comes to, for this particular freak who, who purchased this shout out when it comes to trying to persuade your coworkers, just I would just let it be. Just say, hey, I don't think this is a good strategy. I'm going to stay humble, sack sats. Do what you will, um, but don't forget that I told you. And like, don't try to aggressively <laughs> persuade anybody. You'll find that that strategy just doesn't come to work. A lot of the time, these people are going to do what they're going to do. Um, because yeah, if you just care, just let them, just let them know that they can reach out to you if when if they ever come around, you know, and just leave it at that. Yeah. And the the cool thing about this game is, you know, it's sometimes it's fun to argue, and I understand people want to have debates and everything. But at the end of the day, uh, the person who is right is the person who has more sats. So 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 it'll play itself out. You don't have to worry about you know winning an argument. Um, they'll come around eventually. They just might have way less sats than they would have otherwise. Yeah. You actually had a, a lowercase tweet today. Feels like everything that needed to be said has been said. Now we just sit back and enjoy the ride. I think this applies to this particular situation as well. You yeah, said- then I proceeded to just type tons of caps <laughs> tweets right after that. <laughs> so I guess I, I guess I was a little bit misguided on that one. Yeah, it's, you know what? You gotta, you gotta have these jolts of coming back down to the lowercase world, just to, just to uh, connect with with the normies out there. Uh, skip this one. This would have been actually a good shout out to have read last week, considering one of the topics that we have on the list this week. Why the fuck don't we have widespread adoption of Bit Forty Seven? Hashtag Yes on Forty Seven. Um, we're gonna get to this topic uh, in later in the show. There has been an official BIP proposed uh, to implement this, I believe. A BIP no. on top of BIP 47, correct? No, there was already an official BIP. Yeah. No, there was already official BIP. Oh, it's a, it's a third draft, excuse me. Another spec has been released right. for this particular BIP, excuse me. Um, so we'll talk about that more in depth um, uh, later in the episode. Thank you for the shout-out. Sorry, I forgot to read it last week. Again, it would have probably... Uh, been great to read it last week and then this week we have some news to say hey that freak who bought the shout out like maybe people listen but it seems like people were listening in the background regardless if we read the shout out last week or not um, 
Poop is tasty. I love to eat poop. That was a shout out. Somebody paid 50 bucks for that. That was, that was uh, 102,807 sats. Thank you. Poop is tasty. I love to eat poop. Thanks for the sats. It's not me. It's not coming from me, I guess. Whoever, whoever wrote this shout out. Was it American Hoddle? We shall see. Uh, this is an all caps shout out. Freaks together strong. Love you guys. Thank you for promoting peace and unity. Love, Patricia. Patricia, we send our love to you. Thank you for the shout out. Freaks together strong. Last but not least, I have to please note that this is an all cap shout out as well. Uh, if you are not listening live and joining the freaks in the live chat, you can have fun staying poor. Matt will never quit the chat. He loves us too much. Bitcoin is slaying the haters. And if you are short Bitcoin, you are fucked. Matt, please have cuckmentality.com redirect to Dave Collins' Twitter attack account because he's been a salty bitch lately. Join the hodlers, Dave. It's not too late. Hashtag sat squeeze. I do not co-sign the fact that Dave's been a bit. You know what? He's, he's an old gold bug. He's set in his ways. I think we're making progress. Matt, whether or not you want to direct cuckmentality.com to his Twitter is up to you. You own the domain. It is your domain. You can do well, whatever actually, you want. I sold, I sold it to Elon, so it's going to be up to Elon. Uh, okay, where, Elon. Where the redirect goes. No, you're listening. Um, I, I lost that domain in a tragic boating accident, so uh, I can't be held responsible for wherever it redirects. These goddamn boats. <laughs> but I saw you called him out on Twitter. You called out column on Twitter. I had to, you know. I was pretty positive. It was a, it was a bit was of a poor take. A, yeah, what? Well, I mean, the gold bugs are starting to scramble because gold's falling as Bitcoin's going up by hundreds of percent in a very short amount of time. And like everybody in the in the macro world at the institutional level is is picking Bitcoin over gold. It seems they're not pumping. Tesla's not pumping 1.5 billion into gold. They pumped it into Bitcoin, and it seems that that trend is going to continue. Um, at the corporate level and then the institutional investor level, we had BlackRock come out this week, the largest asset manager on the planet, announced that they are dabbling in Bitcoin. Um, obviously, we have Stone Ridge uh, and NYDIG uh, announcing that they're they're going to be uh, trying to like formalize an ETF structure for Bitcoin and pumping more money into the asset class. And gold isn't getting that love. And I think the precious metal people <laughs> are starting to uh, to freak out a bit. Actually, like silver is getting more love than gold these days, which is interesting too, because that's the precious metal shit coin. Because the silver, yeah, the silver's got like the bullshit. It's like a ripple pump, you know. It's got the unit bias uh, shit coin pump going on. Um, I mean, that's just noise. That's just short term bullshit noise. I mean, there is zero scenario where a company like Tesla is gonna buy any gold whatsoever. It's <laughs> never gonna fucking happen. You know, poor Dave column is short Bitcoin and he doesn't even fucking realize it yet. We had, you know, I called out Bill Gates for being short Bitcoin about two weeks ago. So he went on uh, CNBC's Bitcoin podcast and told told the world that he's not short Bitcoin. He is short Bitcoin. He just doesn't even fucking realize it yet. And as these guys start fucking realizing it, that's when shit gets crazy. Yeah. Are they going to be too stubborn to realize? Dave, I love you. We're going to have uh, an episode with Dave soon. I need to reach out to schedule it with him. I hope you see the light. And we had that famous gold bug. We had that famous gold bug that, uh, I'm sorry I keep talking over you. I think we have like a little bit of a lag than more no, no. than we usually you talk have. talk over me. You're good. Uh, but we had, 
We had that famous gold bug. What's his name? Uh, Gundalak or something? Gunlock. Jeff Gunlock. Do you, know him, do, you, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. He's actually known as the Bond King, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I think he likes gold as well. But he tweeted out, he's like, gold is dead. Bitcoin lives. He did? I mean, it was longer than that. That was like my tweet. That does he have my, an official Does he have an official tweet. Twitter? Are you sure it wasn't like a Yeah. Yeah, it's his real Twitter. Wait, wait. I'll tell you I'll tell you exactly what he said. Wait. I'm looking it up right now cuz I, I I commented sad squeeze underneath him. <laughs> He's a G J a GEO, right? G- Truth Gunlock. Uh is his name is, is his username Jeffrey Gunlock on Twitter. I am a long-term dollar bear and gold bull, but have been neutral on both for over six months. Lots of liquid poured into a funnel creates a torrent. Bitcoin, maybe the stimulus asset, doesn't look like gold is. Yeah, looking at it He might as well have tweeted out, Bitcoin to the fucking moon. Let's fucking go. He sent this out when I was sleeping. Damn it, Jeffrey. Yeah, we were all sleeping. Um, And he intentionally didn't use caps because he didn't want people to read it. (laughs) Jeff, welcome to the team, bro. If you ever want to come on the pod, I know you're watching right now. Just reach out, DM me. Oh, I see your DMs are open. I might slide in there. Um, yeah, so those are the shout-outs. Uh, thank you guys for the shout-outs. Sorry we forgot to read them last week from the bottom of my heart. It's on me, number one, but also this asshole sitting across from me should have been been like, Marty, where are the shout-outs? Um, and also the live chat freaks took full responsibility all right good thank you i need we need this type of accountability accountability is is key in this world a lot of people are not accountable for their actions and you know as as a bitcoiner somebody who likes to to preach about extreme ownership i want to own that i was number one uh, on the trail of, of messing up with last week's shout outs but there's there's some people behind me that could have could have uh, prevented the shout outs from not being read last week we just just want to get make that clear uh, all right, let's get to the list. Big week, big week. Like, uh, I think we're going to get back to some, even though the price is at all time highs, we broke the 50, 50 K barrier. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, on the software on the technical side of Bitcoin, particularly around taproot. They had the second taproot IRC meeting about an activation path. And there's been a, a timeline release. I wrote about it briefly in the bent yesterday, but it seems that if things go according to plan, and I'm actually like been getting crazy uh, notifications on my Gmail uh, from the Bitcoin dev list. It looks like Matt Corallo and Michael Folkeson and Z-Man are having a back and forth about activation pass. So maybe we'll link to that thread as well in the show notes so you guys can get more context around that. Matt is worried about a chain split again. It's all around the, the BitBait true versus BitBait false. I'm too stupid to explain it. So, um, <laughs> oh, well. Uh, the internet to, to the Bitcoin community outside of TFTC. Go hit up Ben the car, man. He does a great job of describing what's going on. Basically, it's it's user-activated software versus minor signaling activation. Um, I don't think we need to get to a user-activated software level. I think miners are ready to signal. Um, we should at least give them the chance, but who am I? Decide for yourself. But if all goes according to the plan with the timeline set forth from this IRC meeting, uh, full node software will be released between uh, March 17th and the 31st. Um, and then uh, the block height that they want to start signaling uh, is block 693,504, which right now 
um, with with the pace at which blocks are coming in. Where hash rate is is estimated to be around July 23rd. That's when the the ability for signaling will begin. And if 90% of blocks within a 2016 block period, so that's uh, 1,815 blocks signal, and they want to activate taproot if miners signal 90% of blocks that are mined in that period signal that they're ready for taproot activation, it will activate. Um, and if it goes perfectly to plan, uh, the entire economy will, Bitcoin economy will have upgraded by August 1st, twenty. 22 um because if or yeah i messed up i messed that last part up um it should activate before then yeah it should activate before then but they're just saying their last their last line item is like and then all the stragglers will finally update to taproot eventually yeah that's Um, so 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 the argument and, and so we we linked to, uh, not argument we linked to the timeline they posted this was a result of the irc discussion that happened um it also includes uh the people that were there their votes on on whether or not to do true or false on that on that line item and so so just to simplify that what that argument is is basically what that debate is is do you give the miners uh do you, you, we could either set it so we run the software and if the miners don't activate it, then it automatically goes to a user-activated software. Um, or we could do it in a way that you give the miners an option first, and then if the miners you know, drag their feet and fail to activate, then we could then proceed separately if we wanted to force our hand. Yes. But um, and, and the argument against the, the first is... Uh, if you start kind of doing that, just going straight to user activated soft fork, it kind of gets a little bit close to this idea that devs choose what's in the code or not. Um, and you know, you want, you want checks and balances. So, so ideally, if you go to miners choose the devs already put it into the code, right. And then the miners are seconding it. But if you remove that option and the miners don't really have an an option to approve it, you're kind of just strong harming them. And so I'm not really sure where I stand. Um, like I, I, you know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't quite decided uh, where my position is there. Um, do you have, do, what do you think, Marty? You think you should, we, the miners should have at least a chance to do a second. And then if they don't, we, we force their hand. Yeah. I think I fall under the, the camp of like user activated software should be a last resort, not a first resort. It seems like this is going to be pretty un- uncontroversial. I mean, it seems like a, like I mean, loose social consensus in the mining world. There's nothing uh, they've done actually at the protocol level to signal yet. But uh, outside of the protocol, it seems that a bunch of the major mining pools are signaling that that they would upgrade to Taproot. If given the chance, I believe the late, latest estimate was around 90%, which is necessary for uh, it actually to be activated in the, the activation method that's been set forward. Um, yeah, it, is, it is weird. There's, there's just so many scars from the SegWit battle that uh, and it's creating, un, I don't want to say unnecessary drama, because it is important to think about all this adversarially and have a uh, strong debate around the topic. Um, I want Tapper to be activated. So, I, I don't think it's going to be 
Uh, I don't think a user activated soft fork is necessary, but we'll see. So just to show the freaks, you know, if you're not clicking this link, um, of these 50 people that presumably are paying the most attention to Taproot and his activation methods and participated in this IRC chat to begin with, of that vote, uh, it was very close. It was it was 26 people said, um, 26 people said you should give the miners an option first, um, and then you know force their hand afterwards if they don't actually proceed with it. And 19 said we should just go ahead and just force their hand. So there's only a, there's only a delta of seven people there. Um, just, yeah, but- just to show that there's no concrete, like real consensus on that. And I would just add that there is a kind of a situation, cause let's be honest, Bitcoin is, um, Bitcoin is a space filled with fucking egos. We're both guilty of this. Uh, and, but like, if, if there's a situation where maybe there's some miners that if they get completely blindsided out of this decision, then all of a sudden it becomes controversial just because they feel like it's getting rammed down their throats, right? Like if we if, if we say you have no you have no say whatsoever, uh, then you could create controversy out of no controversy. Yeah, which is flame wars, man. Flame wars. There's flame wars everywhere in this space. Uh, and actually, another thing to note from the miner side too is like this. BTC.com and their pools just got bought by like a Chinese betting website, 500.com. So they now arguably control those, those mining pools. And are they, do they even know what's going on? Like do the people at BTC.com still have control over their pools? I, I haven't read too deep into the situation, but that's something that happened within the last week. That, like, I don't know if that's just going to be like a, a black swan wrench that's thrown into the situation. You have the, the corporate structure of one of, the largest mining pools changing um, pretty abruptly. Uh, does that does that throw um, some some chaos into the mix? Who knows? I don't know. Well, so BTC.com is one of the assets that Jihan got to keep um, after the whole split up, right? So it seems like Jihan was looking for some liquidity, and that's why he sold it. Um, I would be surprised if uh, you know they didn't keep people on staff that like knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah, I hope uh, they did. I imagine they did. But uh, I think five. I think I think that site is a Premier League sponsor as well. Are they? So we might have, we might have two Bitcoin, Bitcoin Premier League teams, and they're both going to be sports betting sites. Watford, Chinese sports betting sites. Watford's our our Bitcoin team right now. Right, that's sportsbet.io. Yeah, Watford is or sportsbet is part of five hundred dot com. Sportsbet.io is Watford's sponsor, oh, and okay. they accept Bitcoin, so they put Bitcoin on the on the shirt. Yeah, you know the gam- the gambling sites. It's like the most obvious play ever. Like if if you if you run a, a sports book online, like you understand the value prop of Bitcoin instantly. Like there's no there's no learning period whatsoever. It's just immediately fucking obvious. Yeah, what was that um, infamous day in the poker have, world? Black Friday, Black Thursday. Yeah, yeah. That was my original, when I found Bitcoin, that was the first thing I thought of was, was sports betting. I mean, the freaks know I'm not a gambler, um, but that was the first, that was the first uh, value prop uh, that, that I realized right away um, when I discovered it. But uh, we have Paul Miller in the comments. He's asking, 
Why do both steps have to be lined up? Why can't you just ask the miners then decide whether or not to do a UASF after that, user activated software after it? That's basically the discussion. It's either that or force the miners. Those yeah. are the two options. Yeah, I, I would, I think the former is the, the path of least resistance and, and presents a path of least friction. We should try that first. Um, but yeah, if the miners aren't ready to do this, as a miner, like <laughs> at Great American Mining, we want to have root. Uh, I can, can say that pretty confidently. Like I, I just, yeah, I think there's, again, scars creating controversy that, that may not otherwise exist if we didn't go through Segwit2x, but it was arguably very necessary to go through the Segwit2x battle uh, to prove Bitcoin's value prop. Um, we'll see what plays out. We'll, we'll be keeping you freaks abreast of the developments of Taproot activation Obviously, we've been following it pretty closely up to this point in time. Um, so uh, this is the update this week. We'll, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I would say I would say I assume you're more bullish on your bet uh, with me now than yes. you were before, because I know I'm more bearish on, on my bet. I originally said it wasn't going to be activated uh, until, you know, until next year. Um, so it does look like it will probably get activated before then. Um, so I'm glad that I, I was able to provide that, that million stats incentive to get that done. It was all us. <laughs> no ego. Yeah. I'm fucking with you guys. This is a, this is a, you take over here. Uh, the dread admins discuss the issues with ongoing tour attack. Seems pretty significant. Yeah. So this is, uh, uh, so Dread is a popular dark market forum. Um, it is basically like Reddit, but through Tor. Uh, so everything is is Tor only. Um, and that's where you see like a lot of interesting discussions uh, about privacy happening. Um, you, know, um, you know, like almost no one has like, uh, no one's using their government name on this website. It's all NIMS. Uh, everyone's way more... Uh, I don't know. More, more, there's a lot of adversarial thinking over there. And it's really interesting because, uh, you know, we've been talking about these Tor reliability issues uh, for over a month now. And there's really been no proper dialogue out of the Tor lead devs. Like we, we like the Tor project, the Tor foundation, like no one's really given anything concrete. And meanwhile, Dred's over here and they're like, the whole tour network is failing us. Like we're trying to keep up. It's costing us a ton of money. We have an active attacker that's just constantly denial of serving, servicing us like just all the time, just constant DOS. And to combat them, they have to increase their server expenses. Um, and as a result, the attacker increases and it's just bringing down the whole tour network. Um, and Dredge is presumably not the only one being attacked. Other onion-only sites, like uh, a lot of dark markets and whatnot, are also getting attacked at the same time. Um, so, I mean, it was just a really interesting post. Uh, like, the freaks should go read it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, what the hell is going on with Tor? It's a little, a little unnerving, to say the least. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll be staying on this story as well as it develops. It's, uh, yeah, it's a weird one. On to some better news. Jack and Jay-Z, this came out of nowhere. I was not expecting Jay-Z to be funding uh, Bitcoin development. Uh, and Jack announced last week on Twitter that uh, him and Jay-Z are giving 500 
Bitcoin uh, to a new endowment name, name uh, new endowment named B Trust to fund Bitcoin development. Initially focused on teams in Africa and India, it'll be set up as a blind, irrevocable trust, taking zero direction from us. We need three board members to start, so they're looking for board members. Uh, if you want to be a board member of this I trust, I love that they just. I love that he just tweets out a Google Forms link asking for board members. <laughs> right. Um, I like. You dropped out a tiny bit there. I mean, it's Africa and India. It's development in Africa and India. Mm-hmm. Um, two key takeaways here. First of all, Jay-Z's got to have a bag of Bitcoin, right? Like you don't Easily. donate 250 Bitcoin and like not have your own stash. And then the second thing is... It's another billionaire. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. Of course, you know, that's some king shit right there. And then the second thing is, I love the idea that it's denominated in Bitcoin. You basically have this endowment... Um, you know, my favorite shitcoin analogy is the Chrysler building. Um, the Cooper Union in New York City was donated the Chrysler building as part of their endowment. And for like 40, 50 years, they were able to offer every student free tuition because they had the full rent roll of the Chrysler building and the increase of valuations in the Chrysler building so they could take cash out um, and use it as collateral, right? And that's exactly what's happening here. Like when that Chrysler building was donated, no one thought it was going to hit the valuations that it hit, you know, in the future, but it created this base that was able to grow uh, with the institution. So this foundation, they may never run out of the 500 Bitcoin. Right. The purchasing power is just going to increase. That's a crazy concept. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Jack uh, and Jay-Z for for getting this endowment together. I also saw that Jack followed Bisk on Twitter earlier this week. Um, Interesting development looking into that. That uh, P2P Bitcoin exchange, if you freaks don't know about BISC, uh, it allows you to to buy Bitcoin without KYC AMLing yourself to a certain degree. Your counterparty in, in the trade knows a little bit about you, but the, the information distributed is, is significantly reduced compared to uh, exchanges that force you to share very personal information. And they're being forced on the back end by the regulators who don't realize that the regulations are completely ineffective. Like KYC AML specifically is, is known to be completely ineffective. <laughs> like it stops 0.1% of all the crime it, it is attempting to stop. So uh, keep pushing back. There are products on the market that allow you to push back BISC being one of them. And Matt likes to, to track the price of Bitcoin on BISC because it hits new all time highs much faster than, than the KYC exchanges. Well, for dispatch, for Citadel Dispatch, I put uh, we put the Evil Empire on the screen, Coinbase Pro, and then Bisc underneath. So you have both at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you freaks haven't been checking out the dispatch, make sure you're getting on that too. Wiz and uh, who else was on this week? Wiz and uh, Simon. Simon. The they both work on mempool together, mempool.space. There's a really good conversation. Um, and we got like at least four or five digs on Catan about his one sapper bite throughout the whole conversation. <laughs> you always gotta always gotta be digging. Um yeah, so freaks be wary. Mempool's filling up the the lower threshold of 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 sats per byte needed to be get included in the block is rising. Make sure before you're sending transactions, particularly I saw somebody making fun of somebody who sent a, a $300,000 uh, Bitcoin transaction and they tried to do it with a very 
low fee and it's just been stuck in the mempool for weeks. So if you're trying to send large amounts, make sure you're checking wallet software or sites like mempool.space uh, to, to have a better understanding of the speed in which your, your transaction will be included in a block. Well, the reason we had, uh, one of the main reasons I had them on the show this week was because they just launched mempool V2 on Umbral. Um, so now you can easily, and it was already on Raspi Blitz, but now it's on Umbral as well. And you can easily, uh, with Umbral, it's like super easy to just run your own node, very clean interface. And it has this new app store that they added. Um, and it's just one click. You can just install a local copy of Mempool. And then, you know, you that's the most private way to use the tool, right? Because then you're not doxing all of your transaction information, your IP address and whatnot um, with mempool.space's central servers. And in addition to um, mempool, they also, I mean, might, might as well just do the umbral update now. They also update, they also added Samurai Server, um, which includes both Whirlpool and Dojo. Um, so super easy, just one click. Uh, and, and, and all of a sudden you have your, your Samurai stack all set up as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been messing around with Ronin Dojo. Highly recommend that um, if, you're, if you're looking to, to run Whirlpool uh, and, and your own Dojo. Uh, the, the guys working on that are doing some incredible work. Canadian beat, look, beat, BTF. I almost said BTF. Canadian Bitcoin ETF got the green light last week. Um, and so that has hit the market on the Ontario securities from the Ontario securities Re- regulator. Um, and so there's officially an ETF on the market now. And actually Chris Gimmer from, um, from Bitbo. DM me right before we went live, uh, sharing some information about the premiums for for products like uh, GBTC and other uh, funds, uh, closed end funds. Excuse me. So the premiums have dropped significantly. Uh, GBTC's premiums currently sitting at the Canadian closed funds premiums have dropped, and they're they're now at discounts. So uh, QBTC is trading at negative 5.8% to the spot price of Bitcoin. Uh, BTCG.UTO, which is another um, Canadian closed-end fund, that's at negative 3.63%. And there's another Canadian fund that's trading at negative 5.68% um, discount. And so... That's interesting. I guess that's evidence up in Canada, at least, when an ETF has been introduced to that that market at the, the premium that these closed funds have had for quite some time gets suppressed pretty quickly and even driven into negative territory. Who could have guessed it, Marty? <laughs> Not us. We haven't been, we haven't been warning about this at all. No idea. I had no idea that was coming. Yeah. But anyway, this is the first ETF in North America. So, I mean, it is, it is something that is, that's is something big. Um, you know, as I just joked, like this, this negative premium, negative discount is something that we expected um, once you have like a proper ETF coming in. So we should see that also happen in the U.S. Uh, if they ever get their act together. Um, you know, ETFs are a custodial product, not your keys, not your coins. Uh, they might be useful for some investors. They will help number go up. I'm glad we're not proof of stake, so we don't have to worry about them gobbling up the supply. Um but really the freaks should be focusing on trying to accumulate as much Bitcoin in their own custody that they own the keys for. BTC is the ETF. You don't need the ETF. You get the real thing. It's very easy. 
can go to Cash App and get a BISC and get all these apps. Just get the real ETF and send it to your personal custody. You don't need this derivative exposure. BlackRock, again, we mentioned it uh, in the beginning a bit. Uh, they announced that they're dabbling in Bitcoin. Uh, it said cryptocurrency a lot. What, what are you knowing for? It wasn't an announcement. This was the same thing. Yeah, they were on it, CNBC. It, they're on the CNBC Bitcoin podcast. It's what this whole network is turning into. Uh, is a Bitcoin. No, but but Marty, that's the important. That's an is so BlackRock manages trillions of dollars, right? Yes. They don't want to talk about buying Bitcoin until they have a position, right? And he was like, he begrudgingly had to answer that question on air live because he was asked that question. But if he, you know, that's why they're just dabbling. You know, this wasn't a formal announcement. This is this is him, you know, getting put on the spot when really he doesn't want to talk about the fact that they're short Bitcoin and yeah. just realizing it. Are the people at BlackRock that smart? Like the dude kept saying storehouse of value. I've never heard that term before. I'm like, why are you saying storehouse? It was triggering me. <laughs> it was like, is it just me or did that annoy anybody else? By that. Were you? I was also triggered by yeah, that. Yeah, the yep. storehouse of value. It's like, dude, you're working at BlackRock. Let's get your economic terms down, down pat here. Never heard storehouse value. Uh, well, what I was thinking, what what I thought of was, remember uh, when Backed launched, they kept saying like, your Bitcoin will be held in full custody at the Backed warehouse? Yeah. So I was thinking maybe in his head, he was like mixing the two together, like store value and warehouse and storehouse, but I don't know. Yeah, it was very triggering. It was like, bro, come on. So BlackRock forced to mention about it. Like, it is funny. CNBC, it's, they ride the hype cycle as well. But we have come a long way from Brian Kelly uh, spinning up his own shit coin and Nautilus coin and, and telling people to buy <laughs> Ripple at the top. Uh, they seem to have stayed away from the, the altcoin space, at least up to this point in this particular run, and, and focused on Bitcoin. Uh, Joe Kernan and Aaron Ross Sorkin were... We're actually like in a conversation talking about crypto. They said, oh, wait, no, Bitcoin, not crypto, um, which was interesting to That's see. That's what I started the dispatch with. Yeah. That clip. Yeah. Um, you know, what's an interesting thing about it is, is like, so Joe Kernan is one of us. Like he, he has a bag of Bitcoin. And Everything like, divided by 21 million. Dropped it. It's so good. And like, historically, we've always said, you know, when you own Bitcoin, you have an incentive to talk about it, improve it, chill it, right? So I expect financial journalists um, these anchors and stuff that have Bitcoin, they want to talk about it a lot. And that's what we saw with Brian Kelly last cycle, right? He had all the shit coins. So he was trying to dump them on retail. So he wanted to talk about them a lot. What's really cool to see is salty, no corner Sorkin, uh, his co-anchor who has to bring it up all the time. And because his, his like editors or whatever, his producers are telling him he has to bring it up. And he is so deflated. He is so deflated just watching Bitcoin go up. He looks destroyed inside. And yet he still needs to ask the question. He's visibly physically triggered. Like when he has to like bring it up, he's like squirming and like his, his voice changes a little bit. Aaron, it's working. Talking about voice changes. How about your boy? Which one? Portnoy. <laughs> have port noise port noise video dave dave you gotta pump it up pump it up pump it up you gotta pump it up pump it up pump it up dave i know you probably don't like me but i don't want to like I, I would not want to see the success that you've achieved in life be diminished 
because you miss out because you're short Bitcoin. Just get in, bro. I know you may, I know you probably don't like me, but <laughs> this is advice coming from the heart, not trying to troll. I told you to get in, bitch. We're going to the moon back in October. If you were to listen then, you'd be okay right now. Okay. That's all I'm going to say, Matt. I, I don't know I if you want to step in. I told him the dollar cost here. average in August. Yeah. He, I told him uh, dollar cost yeah, average back in 2017. The twins. Yeah. The wink of us twins fucked him over. And that's what they always do. You know, this is the problem with this space, right? It's like they know Bitcoin is designed to pump forever. They know Bitcoin is the future of money. They know Bitcoin's the best money we've ever had. They own a shit ton of fucking Bitcoin, but their exchange is based off of shitcoin trading. They make a ton of money off of it. So God forbid they ever talk about the real thing and they just, they always need to pump their fucking bags. And it happens every fucking time. The crazy thing about this Portnoy thing was he literally said, I'm never going to buy Bitcoin, which is usually the last step right before you, you end up capitulating. And buying we capitulated Bitcoin. this morning. Did you see that? Did he buy some? Well, he said he's getting in. Like he's not going to be swabbing the decks uh, <laughs> like on the pirate ship because Bitcoiners are getting so rich. Like he doesn't want to be the peasant swabbing the deck. So He's got to get some got skin him. in the game. Got Very him. volatile, Dave. Your your decisions around Bitcoin. Just stick to it. I told you this in 2017. Just, just buy a little bit on a consistent basis and forget about it. Just forget about it. Like he was, uh, I saw he, he did a video this morning. Is is that, uh, what's the Wall Street Bets guy's name? Yeah, I Pe- responded to that one. Peak fucking uh, value, is that his name? Yeah, but that's not his account. His account is. Uh, anyway, the point I'm trying to get to is: Are they trying to like Roaring bring Roaring Kitty? Roaring Kitty, that's who it is. Are they trying to bring legal action against that guy? Yeah, because securities violations. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, Dave was alluding to to that fact and saying that he he would oh lead a revolution God. in the streets against the suits uh, if Roaring Kitty was to be uh, arrested and thrown in jail. Dave, Bitcoin is the revolution. This is how we fight back against the suits most aggressively and, and most potently. Uh, it's probably uh, a more accurate descriptor of Bitcoins uh, as a tool against the suits. It's potent. So, I mean, I tweeted at him in all caps in response to that tweet, Bitcoin is the revolution, join us. And like 15 minutes later, he joined us. So, um Caps work, people. Caps work. Credit goes to you. Credit goes to Caps Odell here. Caps Odell, changing minds, making sure people no, are. Credits too... go to all the. <laughs> credits go to all the all the all the plebs who've just been telling them to have fun, stay poor for like the last eight months. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we got to give a shout out to. Uh, I want to make sure I get his name right, but like that that pump it up montage from yesterday just got me all hyped up. <laughs> Actually. Uh, was listening to it my son pump it up is now my son's favorite song we were dancing to it yesterday like I, he just heard me playing it in the background and he just like naturally started dancing pump it up you gotta pump it up pump it up it's high vibes and then like the, the memes thrown on top of it so dr bitcoin md at dr bitcoin md on twitter incredible incredible montage to the pump it up song legit gets me pumped up um should we be staying humble here, Matt? Like, are we, are we, we hit, we're like at all time highs and we're, we're just losing all of our humility here. The thing is, is like, like I've been trying to, to distill my feeling 
but they why how can you be how can you be humble in all caps at the same time and i'm not trying to grandstand and say i'm humble because i've always said that one of the reasons i i i've said stay humble over and over again is is to remind myself it's a thought experiment it's, you know? it's the Every alexander day, the great humble, you were only humble. a man you were only a man it's the alexander the great like having somebody walk right. behind him right except there's a humility to seeing this massive wave coming ahead of you i posted like the interstellar clip today right like this yeah. you have this massive wave coming at you and the humble move is to like let it flow through you, you know, and 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 express the urgency to people, you know, all caps, you know, there there is urgency here. This thing is coming. We have never been in this situation before ever in terms of both Bitcoin and just humanity. Like I have, these guys are different than last cycle's whales. These guys are billionaires, large corporations, and they have to telegraph every move they do way ahead of time. They have to they have to get front run by design. So, so there's all this messaging out there and also in combination of the fact that we see Bitcoin often repeat, you know, relatively similar to previous cycles. So you have the combination of the two and you're sitting in this position right now. And I just. Trying to help people get on the lifeboat. I can't. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like the humble move is, 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 is to concisely say that to people and say it loud uh, now until instead of afterwards, you know, like to, to, to just, and, and look, lowercase Odell has been here for fucking years now. Okay. I, I feel like I've reached everyone that the lower cases were going to reach. So now you got to say clearly for the people in the back. I, I think that's admirable. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think it shows a lack of humility. It shows a lack of compassion, if anything, or excuse me, a, a, a sense of compassion, not a lack of it. I mean, arguably you have more compassion most people because you're trying to get people onto the lifeboat so i commend you for your efforts matthew and i commend you for starting a movement an all caps movement you're, you're pulling me in too i didn't want to like rip off your shtick but like it's hard not to when when things are going home like this it's not a shtick yeah yeah it's a uh, it's a lifestyle it's a, it's, a, it's a lifestyle i was gonna say that i was like nah, it's not really a lifestyle it's a feeling it's mostly a feeling that i feel inside all the time right now okay like uh i mean i i had a, I, i'm not gonna blow up our spot but like i had a conversation with you yesterday like you're feeling the feeling too yeah but tons of people in the space anyone who's been paying attention feels this feeling right now and that's why that's why other people have started going caps because we all you know we all feel it i mean there are people that have worked in this industry for five years or whatever that still don't fucking get it and we're gonna front run all those people but there's a large portion of us a lot of the freaks, especially that are sitting here and they're like, oh my God, like, you know, exactly what's like, I've never had more FOMO than I have right now. Yeah. No, I mean, like we, we talked on the phone yesterday and I was saying like your comment towards the end of last year, like, like set like a, a SATS goal for, for a yearly salary and try and hit it. And like looking, like doing my daily, weekly purchases and seeing how little Bitcoin you're getting for it compared to this time last year. It's like, holy crap. Like, need to turn it up gotta pump it up um yeah no it, it comes quick we're in the, the bear markets it's like oh, i can't wait for it to pump and then the pump starts and it's like holy shit i need more you never have enough sats you never have enough sats when you go to sleep at night march march feels like a fucking decade ago <laughs> right not even a year ago yet 
There were people that sold in fucking March. There were people that got liquidated in March. There were people that rage quit in March. And we're sitting over 10x from them. Almost 20x, really close you to know, 20x. When do we... You know what the crazy thing is? We're closer to 100k than we are to zero. I saw Joe Rogers tweet that out yesterday or the day before, and I was like, whoa, that's pretty crazy. Big facts. Big facts. Big facts. I'm bringing this back to the technology. Come for number, go up. Stay for the technology that gives you freedom. Uh, we got software updates. Blue Wallet. It's just been crushing it, dude. Crushing it. They've got uh, version 6.0.5 has been released. Actually released a week ago, so I believe it was released during the last time we were recording our HR. Um, so it's been out for almost a week. If you guys are using Blue Wallet, uh, make sure you go upgrade. They're at, they're adding like dope multi-sig, full node compatibility on the desktop app. Uh, uh, they've got fee estimation, I think, was added to this, this particular version. Um, so go check it out. I, I've been using Blue Wallet more and more. And it's just an incredible product. Shout out to the Blue Wallet team for putting out dope software, Bitcoin wallet software specifically. Another wallet I like to use, uh, not on Android though, on iOS, is Zap. Zap Android version 0.4.0 beta has been released. Uh, if you're running Zap on Android, go check that out. Um, Join Inbox version 0.2.0 has been released. Our boy Open Oms has been working on this. Um, this is just uh, an update to the most recent version of Join Market. Signet support has been added uh, and other stuff in the release notes that I'm not going to embarrass myself by reading. Well, the big one here is that he has a proper SD card release. So there's just an image that you can flash onto an SD card, stick it into Raspi, and good to go. All right, sweet. That's important. Um, I already talked about Umbral earlier, uh, version 0.3.3. Has been released. That's what we were talking about earlier when we were announcing mempool.space integration and a bunch of other stuff. Wasabi Wallet version 1.1.12.4 has been released. Um, they updated their Tor client uh, and trying to get more st- stability on the software. Um, and they added Bitcoin Knots. We're upgraded to Bitcoin Knots version 0.21.0. All right, this is pretty big news. We mentioned it um, during the shout-outs, particularly the one that asked about Bit47, why isn't it being widely adopted? I guess uh, the developer community isn't hasn't been uh, impressed with the particular BIP, and so I had the uh, individuals working on this Bit47, which enables PayNIMS, uh, which Samurai is the only wallet that has enabled, um, it, it, they've cleaned up the spec. It seems have another version out there. Um, so maybe this will be up to snuff for, for people in the community to, to actually get it implemented and more widely spread out, uh, in, in the wallet softwares that exist out there. I've been using PayNims and I think they're awesome. I don't see, understand what the beef is with them from the developer community. Um, yeah, so I mean, the original complaint about PayNims was that um, they wasted chain data, that there was, it was the notification transaction uh, used OP return, and it, it, was, it, was, it was not efficient enough on chain. Um, so this V3 um, removes that requirement. Um, so it's, it's more efficient on chain. I really don't think 
that was like that's not the reason. I I I don't understand why. Way more don't drama. Have, you know, way more drama. Yeah, I yeah, I think it. No, it's just. You know the, if if devs didn't get excited about it, and you know other devs besides Samurai didn't get excited about it, and so there was never really any traction on it, and I just. It's just weird. It's one of those things that I've been trying to push for behind the scenes a lot in other wallets because the only real negative of Paynims that I can see is that uh, is that only Samurai users can use them. So and it's Android only. So that means if you want to accept so if you want to accept donations, you could only accept them from Samurai users. Now this is a key, right? That I think people don't realize um, is this is a key use case. Like people need one of the first things that people think of when they think about global censorship resistant money is this the ability to receive donations in a semi-private way without permission and what that means right now is historically people have just been posting a static address but that's horrible for your privacy and it's horrible for the donator's privacy um one of my favorite uh independent journalists uh dark dot fail uh who reports on all different types of dark market things had a static donation address, Bitcoin donation address that chain analysis and other companies flagged as, uh, as you know, an illicit address. So they were closing accounts based on people donating to them, right? So Paynims fixed that. Um, we and and I don't care if it's Paynims or something else. That should be a major goal for for anyone working on you know working on Bitcoin. I think is that we have an easy way for someone to accept Bitcoin relatively privately without having to spin up like a full BTC pay server instance, uh, just to do that. Like that seems a little bit ridiculous. Uh, and, and this was one of the things I tried to champion over at Hexa, where they have this, you know, that has its own trade-offs, but that it has this donation capability where it creates like a little donation page, it rotates addresses and you can donate to it just so any random person could just install an app. And, and for instance, we, we announced that, and Luke came in and he was like, it doesn't use your own node. It's not your, it's, it's, you know, it's really custodial because it doesn't use your own node, blah, blah, blah. And Luke was the one who trashed BIP 47 to begin with. Right. And it's like the enemy, of, the enemy of good is perfect. Like this idea, like, oh, like, like we can't provide tools for, for amateur new users so they can accept Bitcoin donations relatively privately uh, because it's not fucking perfect. Yeah. I completely agree there. And it reminds me a lot of like rendezvous payments in the Lightning Network where essentially that's it. Like you get the pay name and it basically takes your donation and sends it to an address associated with an XPUB, but you don't know what that address is, correct? He's, he's nodding. I think that's What was correct. that? It, you're reading the chat. You're goddamn reading the chat, Matthew. I saw you get distracted. If it happens again, RHR is over forever. <laughs> um, I said it's akin I mean, to it. A rendezvous payment, correct? Where like you just pay the pay name, but you don't know what address it goes to at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I don't really. Yeah, so every time you pay a pay name, uh, it gives it gives you a new address that's just unique between the two parties. So it's uh, yeah. So so every time you pay, it's a new address, but you can just keep that one contact name or whatever. That one, it's really a payment code. Uh, there's like long string of numbers and then, and then you can use that to, to pay people. Yes. Um, a lot of people think the replacement for that will be something like key send, you know, like, oh, because at the end of the day, and I don't think it will be because I, I don't like the idea that you just have a fixed public key. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, 
I don't care how it gets done. People Get need to done. be able to just post something that's static, static and text, just text, just a little text string. And people should be able to donate to them relatively privately. That should be the goal. That should be the ultimate goal. And we don't have that yet. To be clear, we do not have that yet. Outside of Samurai. Right. The closest we have is payments. Yeah. It goes on. It goes on. We've got a new guide on the market. Sparrow uh, has has issued a Bitcoin storage guide. Uh, Sparrow is a, a team working on software similar to Spectre, which you've been talking about. We've talked about Sparrow a lot uh, in the past. But if you want to learn how to store your Bitcoin, how much are you storing, and, and what options should you consider based off the, the, the amount you're storing, uh, this is a good guide that walks you through the levels of, of Bitcoin self-custody. So it'll give you um, uh, advice on what to do if you're a beginner, if you're at the intermediate stage and at the expert stage, uh, how to get to true cold storage and just like a great little explainer of how you should uh, approach the, the concept and practice of self-custody. Um, so shout out to the Sparrows team for putting this together. Anything to add there? No, it's a great guide. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. And our boys, Katan and Stefan at Ministry of Nodes have released uh, an Ubuntu node box guide. Um, if you are looking to, to run your own software and hardware or run your own hardware running self-sovereign software, uh, Stefan and, and Katan have put this together for you. It's two videos, um, an overview, uh, and explains exactly what you're doing and, and the benefits of, of setting up this Ubuntu node box particularly. Shout out to the Ministry of Nodes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, some of the freaks might have noticed uh, that he, he had a, a great node box guide already. This is an updated version. So this is new release of it. Um, it is available for free. Uh, they do have like, you can get the command separately as a, as a, it's like a freemium model. Uh, so you have the full guide, but if you want like all the text commands to easily copy and paste, uh, then you pay, I think $20 worth of Bitcoin. Um, they also offer, so this is a full node box that runs uh, Linux, uh, Ubuntu. I um, mean, he walks you through all these steps. They also offer consulting. Um, you know, Katan is a very close, he's become a very close friend of mine. Uh, I know freaks that, you may have DM'd me and I just haven't responded to a DM. I, I just, between the price pump and between like every single person in my life that I've ever showed Bitcoin to texting me, I've been a little bit overwhelmed lately. If, if I have missed it, you should send me a message on Keybase because at least it has a decent interface that I can see. Um, but if I still haven't responded to you, a really good person to reach out to is Ministry of Nodes. You can reach out to them. I think they're charging like $70 an hour or something like that, $60 an hour, and they'll jump on the phone with you. Um, they'll do a video chat, whatever you want to do, screen share, cheap. they'll do that with you, and they'll walk you through all the things. They have way more patience than I do. So, uh, and I, you know, I'm going to stay a little bit humble, but but I've ha I have a lot of patience, but they have way, way more patience. <laughs> like I can't fucking, I've, so I've been trying to just send people over there. So go check it out. Highly recommend. Yes. No, I agree. I, I have noticed that that uptick in it's crazy. communications from friends and family and random freaks. Try to get to to every message I can as well. Um, bear with us, though. It does get overwhelming at times, considering the content we're putting out. We both have day jobs as well. We're doing our best here. I have like, 
I have like 2000 DMs like sitting in my fucking inbox right now. I, I just don't even know. And the interface sucks. There's like no search. I don't like know how I'm ever going to claw that back. Yeah. Uh, at least uh, on Keybase, like I, I am making progress. I get through the mind Keybase. Yeah. I, um, I get like decision paralysis sometimes. I get so much. I'm like, ah, which one do I respond to? Like, how do I respond? Then I just wind up like waiting until after 10 p.m. And I'm just laying in bed like, all right, here, here's what you need to do. My favorite is like, I have some freaks now that they send me like paragraphs worth of questions. It's just all caps. <laughs> Boss, you started a, a revolution with the caps there, brother. Uh, another closed-ended fund similar to Grayscale uh, Investment Trust, Bitcoin Investment Trust has been released, Osprey. Uh, Bitcoin trust. Uh, I feel bad for these guys because <laughs> it seems like we're close to getting, I mean, we thought we were close in 2017 and in years past, but I think uh, with the posturing from Hester Pierce and Gary Gensler, particularly in, in the initiative that Ross Stevens from NY dig announced earlier this week that we're getting closer to an ETF here in the U S maybe I'll eat these words at some point in the near future. Uh, as another ETF gets rejected, but I think the the lifespan of these closed end funds is is coming to an end over the next few years. And shout out to GPTC for taking advantage of of their first market, their first mover uh, advantage. And, and dude, they they made a lot of money from. Fuck that. you, Barry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Barry, repent. I don't co-sign the shout out. <laughs> um. I uh, I mean, who knows if an ETF? I I think, I think if anything, fucking Sailor is pushing their hand. Like if he just keeps if he just keeps buying Bitcoin, oh, dude. How like, do you not have that on the list? You got to slow him down. You got to slow him down with an ETF. You know, otherwise, you know, MSTR is just going to become the de facto ETF. Well, thank you for mentioning that. It's crazy. And over, oversubscribed. MicroStrategy announced earlier this week that they they were issuing another note that allows individuals to participate in this debt offering to to turn that debt into equity, MSTR equity at some point in the future. Um, so he announced earlier this week offering six hundred million uh, of a debt note to the markets that got oversubscribed. I believe it ran up to like nine hundred and twenty six million at zero percent interest this dude speculative attacking the dollar at zero percent interest like all bitcoin has to do is literally go up three dollars after he purchases it and like he can pay back this debt it's insane so first of all so it started at 600 then it went to like nine something it's there's still more room uh, the, the speculation it tomorrow. i tend to agree with it is when he finally announced it when he finally announces it it's going to be over one billion that's the whole point it's like an over you know over a billion dollar purchase um, and everyone's going to ask so surprised when, when his tweet goes out, like we've accumulated this much Bitcoin at, you know, $52,000 or whatever. And the price is going to pump. Now, the second point is, um, you know, it was really funny with 50 K uh, people wanted to be the first to call it on Twitter. So like people were calling it way early the day before. Um, and the only thing that got above 50 K was the futures markets. None of the spot markets got over it. Um, and, and to the point where so many people were calling it, I actually just like, I, I did like a Periscope stream of Crypto Watch. Just I saw to show that. People I saw that, that nothing had gone over 50K except for, um, but anyway, the next morning we still hadn't gone over 50K in spot, right? And I just want to say, like, I appreciate you, Michael, 
especially speculative attacking the dollar while saying we're not attacking the dollar and you're only attacking <laughs> gold. But you couldn't let us just have 50K for ourselves. Like he woke up in the morning. He was like, they didn't go over 50K. Now I'm going to fucking take it. And he announced the 600 million, 600 million uh, deal. And, and then we went over 50K. That's what, that's what brought us over 50K was his announcement. Dude, how many, he took the, it from us. how many of these is he going to do? Like how much money is he just going to raise from public market? It's insane. He's infinite. The limit does not exist, right? I, I, the only thing that can stop him is regulations, new regulations. They could pass, they could like go after him. That's like the only thing that stops this train. I don't know if that's like, right? yeah, I don't know if that's socially or politically palatable at this point. I mean, man of the people. Not if more companies start buying. Right. Yeah. He's legitimately speculative attacking the 0% interest. Like the, the note before was 75 bips. And I thought that was extremely low, literally 0%. It's like, what? How are you able to do this? It's insane. When we look back, when people look back, the fatal misstep that that U.S. regulators fucked up in terms of trying to keep their hegemony alive for a little bit longer was was agreeing that that Bitcoin was not a security. And I don't think Bitcoin's a security. I think security certainly regulation can go fuck itself. It should not. It should not exist. But. That's what set up all of this. That's what allows billionaires to front run their own companies. That's what allows him to put these offerings out and then buy Bitcoin on his balance sheet without any kind of securities violations. Like that, that the fact that they open that door, um, and let's be honest, they, nothing they do is logical. There's plenty of things they do that are illogical. They could have easily, you know, been dicks about it uh, and called it a security under securities regulations, even if they didn't, even if, even if they knew it wasn't a security. Right. And they didn't, and it opened up these floodgates and looking back in, in the future, that's going to be like one of the main mistakes they made. Well, take the other side of that. Like what if they're allowing this to happen because they think this is the best way for a soft landing, right? Like just let individuals and corporations within the country get exposure to Bitcoin that like I'm starting to come around to the U S being open to, to Bitcoin and innovation. Cause they realize, no dude, they are backed into such a corner from the monetary perspective and the fiscal perspective that like, if I were that high up, like making decisions at that level, I'd be like, yeah, just let them get in. Like this is our scapegoat. Like could be wrong. That's the other side of that token. And that token I mean, not look, attached I, to a blockchain. Uh, you know, history is going to be written by the Bitcoiners, so we get to decide how we want to write that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I, I could see like a lot of about faces afterwards, where they, you know, people said, "Oh, like we wanted to lean into it or whatnot." But I think that's, you know, you're giving them too much credit. Like the, the there, there's people that have been in this space for fucking years, and they still don't understand the implications. Like they don't understand, you know, what's valuable and what's not. CoinDesk released an article today about the concern that KYC might be required for stable coins. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, where? What year is it? Where the fuck are we? You know, like, why? Why? Why is it? Why is the censorship resistant? You know, global financial network valuable in the first place. People still don't realize that, and they've been in the space for fucking ever. So these guys, these powers that be in the traditional finance world that have basically laughed at Bitcoin, you know, almost all the way up until 
the last couple of months, to be quite honest, like the idea that they're thinking that they're fallible, that, that the solution could be this open source software with, you know, no regulations kind of seems a little bit of a reach to me. Could be a reach. Could certainly be a reach. Could also not be a reach though. I guess. Uh, well, I'm, yeah. yeah. Let's support that. I'm down. Save yeah. America, save our country. Bitcoin yeah. will save this country. Yeah. Bitcoin is an extension of the ideals this country was founded on. People get triggered when I say Bitcoin. There's nothing more American than Bitcoin. I'm not saying like America like made Bitcoin and Americans run <laughs> Bitcoin. I'm saying Bitcoin is very much aligned with the ideals this country was founded on. And in the digital age, I think it would be beautiful if the United States uh, ushered in a Bitcoin standard, uh, justifying it by the fact that it is representative of the ideals that this country was found on mainly freedom of speech, freedom of money, freedom of sound money. This country was founded on that ideal as well and freedom of association. Separate money and, and state. Strong baby. property rights. Yes, very strong property rights. Uh, speaking of which, to turn the coin there, the U.S., which road do you want to go down? Do you want to go down that route of freedom or do you want to follow in the tracks of a country like Myanmar, which uh, shut off the internet uh, on vast amounts of their country the the internet connectivity dropped from around a hundred percent to 14 percent uh within within the matter of hours earlier this week on valentine's day specifically um and so this is so, an interesting interesting conversation to have especially in the context of bitcoin it's one of the biggest fud lines that comes up is like what if the government just shuts off the internet um, this is why we, we focus on alternative transaction relay networks like mesh networks, satellites, ham radio. Um, going to be frank, probably not as robust as we'd want them to be in this particular situation in Myanmar, but uh, this, this is uh, a, a stark reminder that we should be working on alternative transaction relay networks. What do you want to add to this, Matthew? Um, I mean... So there's a couple of things that are interesting here. So, so the military uh, that is in charge over in Burma, I'm told we're supposed to call it Burma as a meme warfare because uh, the military is who changed it to Myanmar. Okay. Um, so I guess we're supposed to call it Burma. But anyway, uh, that's peak triggering if, if the military is listening. Um, the, this idea that they can shut off the internet is exactly why I put it in there, right? Because I think this is like a main tool that governments are using now. And really, they're doing it primarily, I, I would say, for social media purposes. Because um, we're seeing it happen in Burma every day when the curfew hits, internet gets cut. So the curfew hits, anyone outside for the curfew is probably getting fucked up on the streets, like they're getting wrecked by the police and the military police, and they don't want people filming it and posting it on social media. The thing that people need to keep in mind is, yes, that is a weakness of Bitcoin to a degree. As Marty said, there's there's mitigations that that are being made. Uh, obviously, you can hold your keys completely offline, which is, you know, of the utmost importance. But the important thing to realize here is the traditional finance system is way weaker in that regard. I mean, when they cut the internet, they also cut ATMs and banks and cut off any dissident from any kind of, uh, of their money, except for potentially cash. But as we see in a lot of these places, cash is slowly disappearing. Um, so Bitcoin is a major step up in that regard. Uh, and if you wanted to attack the network as a whole, I mean, you're talking disrupting the internet globally, not just in like a local region, which is a, is a way different thing. And to say like a Western democracy is going to do it as opposed to like a military, um, you know, authoritarians is, is I, I would say a reach. Like, I, I think we're 
probably we should assume we shouldn't assume it, but we're probably past the point to have like a major Western country. Uh, there'd, there'd be hell to pay if they cut the internet. Yeah. Could you imagine all the Zoomers not being able to access TikTok in America? We wouldn't even have to hit the streets, Matthew. The Zoomers would would go crazy, and they would they would revolt for us. We wouldn't have to do anything, or would they? What do you think of the Zoomer class? <laughs> the Zoomer demographic, not class. I love our Zoomers. I love our Zoomers too. Um, I mean, talking about no internet, so we ha- we also have, you know, uh, natural causes that can result in no internet, and we have a bunch of Bitcoiners right now that have no internet in Texas and the Southeast United States um, because uh, of because because of snow, right? A mass amount of snow resulting in power failures. And I, I we, I'm sure you have strong opinions on that. But before we get to that, in terms of the internet cutting, there's something that I think people should keep in mind from a privacy perspective. Um, if you if your location is known and your self host and your internet goes down. I mean, it can it can like dox your location if your inter- if if your if your mm. self host and your servers go down. When when a known event like this happens, it can dox your location. And one of the things I was thinking of is someone. If we're going to talk about Bitcoin specific, someone has multiple Lightning nodes that they're self hosting, right? And one of them is public. Maybe they use it with Strike, um, and and so their public key is essentially KYC'd. Um, or maybe they post it online, they've used it with public services, uh, maybe it's attached to their company or something. If that node goes offline at the same time as your other nodes, you're, 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 there's, a, there's a heuristic Process there of elimination, can... right? Yeah. You can use a process of elimination uh, heuristic to sort of identify that node. Yeah, I mean, you can just see that they're, they're both going offline at this, if, if, I, I didn't check, right? But at some point over the last week, a shit ton of nodes went offline, right? And most of those nodes were in the Southern United States because the internet got cut, the power went out at the same time down there, right? So, yeah. so, so there's, a, there's, a location, there's a location heuristic that happens in those kind of situations. Yeah, no, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, of the episode, Clark's node went down and was out of sync. Luckily, I was running right. my own right here. I was able to check the block height and everything that was going on. But yeah, no, it was Starker Minor. And yeah, I didn't have this on the list either, but the energy problems in the southwest section of the country are very interesting. It's a very interesting case study in the, the woes of subsidies inciting uh, misallocation of capital in the energy sector, particularly um, the the way that grid systems work in in uh, sort of fine tune for estimated peak demand uh, this the demand for energy over the last week in southwest part of the, the country has far surpassed the estimates for peak demand and the way the grids work is such that they will produce enough energy uh, basically assuming that when peak demand comes they're going to meet that that demand for energy with the perfect amount of supply. I mean, so you, if you have events like we have had in the last week where it gets significantly colder than expected and stays that way for significantly longer than expected, you literally have a, a dry up in the supply of energy that could be uh, served to these markets. So that's why you've seen rolling blackouts in the energy capital 
of the United States and arguably North America in, in Texas. It is insane that we're having these problems. Number one, in a first world country. Number two, literally where most of the energy on the continent is produced. Uh, and I wrote about it a few days ago. Bitcoin actually does help out in this instance because you don't have to, with Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining specifically, you're going to have constant demand for cheap energy. And so if you want to overproduce for these five sigma events that, that stray many standard deviations from the mean of peak demand, you can overproduce a significant amount of energy and those Bitcoin miners will come in and consume that energy um, off peak hours when, when the temperature's um, temperate and, and everybody's comfortable. Bitcoin miners will consume that energy and mine Bitcoin with it and become profitable with it. Uh, but when you have an event like we've had over the last week, uh, they'll be able to shut down their miners and, and the grid will be able to serve that energy to the people that need it to stay warm. Um, and conversely, in the, in the summer, if you have insane heat waves, uh, you can do something similar to, to make sure people are able to cool their houses. It creates more robust, like flexible energy markets. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, I think you explained it very succinctly. Like this is one of the, I mean, I push back a lot of times when, especially on this podcast, when we say Bitcoin fixes this, I mean, Bitcoin fixes this, uh, just straight up. You said just one nitpick. You said you're able to overproduce because you have the reserve demand from Bitcoin because Bitcoin exists. The idea of overproduction disappears. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Right. That's the cool part. If you can mine profitably, there's no such thing as overproduction. Overproduce for with peak demand in mind. The, right. Overproduce for the traditional demand. Yeah. Excluding Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty cool. Yeah, it is really cool. No, and I think this will be it'll be interesting to look back on this Valentine's Day twenty twenty one in the context of the energy markets, I think it's going to be an inflection point where people are really pissed off down in Texas. Um, and rightly so, like how could it get this bad in the energy capital of the U S and hopefully grid systems and, um, energy markets are, are calibrating and, and thinking long and hard about, about how to prepare for something like this in the future. Cause again, it's like a polar vortex and, there's been many polar vortexes over the last decade. I remember living through two in Chicago alone. So to think that these won't happen again moving forward and won't move as far south as, as Texas um, is probably wishful thinking. Um, so a pain point has been highlighted, and hopefully we can we can learn some lessons and, and um, restructure some, some of our energy infrastructure to, to make sure it doesn't happen again. There's been some crazy, like, the fact that like you're in Dallas and people are driving around in cars taking videos of others sleeping in their cars to stay warm is insane. It's crazy. It's because like none of the houses are shit or like are designed or insulated to be able to like handle this kind of cold, right? Yeah, and so ugh, that, and then more particularly, like so, the wind turbines froze up to some degree and weren't able to serve uh, energy. The solar panels obviously was snowing so there was clouds they weren't able to um, absorb energy from the sun because there was no sunlight reaching them and then uh, on the fossil fuel side like the the natural gas industry doesn't have their pipelines insulated so like uh, you actually had pipelines freezing because they didn't think it would ever get that cold so they didn't invest in insulation technology to make sure when temperature drops that 
that low that the, the gas lines don't freeze. Um, so you just had a convergence of a shit show of events. Uh, even the nuclear plant had some frozen sensors that reduced the amount of, of nuclear energy being served to the market in the area. Um, just like a perfect storm of, of events that are, that are highlighting vulnerabilities of the energy grid. Um, and again, living in America. Fragility. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Extremely fragile. Uh, hopefully makes you appreciate Bitcoin more, you know, Yeah, proper anti-fragile system. I mean, we, so we had our boy, this is not just, just to, 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 for people to realize like how widespread this is. I mean, we have our boy, Joe Rogers in little rock. Um, and he, he posted a picture yesterday. He's got like eight inches of snow, like nine inches of snow. Like that's crazy. Yeah. It is funny, like being from the Northeast, watching Southerners. I know. Adapt to snow. Like it's so cold. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I remember living Some in Charleston, South Carolina. I remember yeah, the first time it snowed clothes. when we lived in Charleston when I was a kid. It didn't even like snow. It flurried. It didn't even stick to the ground. And people freaked out. They canceled school. Coming from Philly, we're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, you can't handle this. Southerners. You got you to gotta be able to handle your snow. You see like a little bit of ice and they just have like pile-ups and like car pile-ups and like no one's expecting yeah, I mean, videos, that's what black swan events do the videos coming out in north carolina a few years ago like cars on the side of the road on fire <laughs> from from a little bit of snow um but yeah. anyway you know shout out to all the freaks out there hope everything is hope you guys are getting by it looks like you're on the up now it looks like hopefully the worst is behind us yeah and, and hopefully um, as a society we can begin to have more adult conversations around energy production because uh, like I just mentioned, there were many factors that coalesced to, to make the situation particularly bad, but uh, there was obviously some things, uh, particularly subsidies that, that led to a misallocation of capital in the energy market down there specifically that, that made the system fragile in the first place. Um, and it, it is like a forcing of green technology on, on markets and ESG movements leading arguably to a misallocation of capital. Like there's ways to do this. You, you want to be getting energy from as many sources as possible, renewables and fossil fuels, doing it as efficiently as possible. I think it's time for, for an adult conversation around this because you'd never want to have people sleeping in their cars in the energy capital of the United States. It's embarrassing, frankly. Um, so that's all I'll say about Just that. failure state things. Yeah. Right. Like it's like Venezuela, like the, like, Hey, hopefully we learn. Hopefully we learn. Uh, dude, you mentioned it last week. Your interview with the Mooch. Um, been out there since Tuesday. How's the feedback been? It was, I mean, that, you know, it's a good interview when you rewatch it and then you get FOMO. <laughs> like, that's what happened. I mean, it was mostly just him. He just, he, he loves talking and he just kept talking and he was saying like all of our, I, I, all the points I wanted to make, he kept making them before I could make the points. Um, one thing is I did tell the freaks, uh, that he called 50 K by Tuesday, um, on rewatch. He didn't in my head, I was going to put him on the spot for 50 K by Tuesday. And I just called it in my own head and just never actually, never actually mentioned that. So I do apologize for that. Um, and we have the YouTube link in the show notes if you want to go check it out. It's a good one to send to to parents and stuff. Bull fuel, bull fuel. I watched it. You did an incredible job. Um, your background plays well. It plays very well. Well, this background is going to be gone next week. So, 
we'll find out where you're going. Um, the last topic that I threw on the list towards the end was uh, the fact that Bitcoin is now the sixth largest base money in the world, uh, excluding gold and silver. If you include gold and silver, it's number seven, which is still pretty incredible. Uh, and the last time the Crypto Voices Guide did this monetary base update in November, it was in the 12th spot, I believe, or 10th spot, X gold and silver 12th with them included. So in less than 120 days, uh, Bitcoin jumped from the, the 10th spot on the global base money. Uh, the ten, It went from the 10th largest global base money to the 6th largest, and it's creeping up on the U.K., uh, and should surpass the UK when it gets to around $1.2 trillion. We're, we're $300 billion away from that. At that point, it'll be the fifth largest base money. And then from there, you have the big boys in the Eurozone, uh, Japan, the US, and China. Uh, and those are in the multi-trillion dollars. But you know what they say, Matthew, the first trillion's the hardest. Once you knock that down, uh, the trillions after that are, are much easier to attain. I don't think it's going to take 12 years to reach two, two trillion and then three trillion, I think we'll see the trillions add up and in, in at a much quicker pace than it took to get to, to one trillion dollar market cap. We're not there yet, very close, like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode. But I believe around fifty six thousand dollars is when it will be there, according to the latest I estimates. Fifty three something. Really? Yeah, actually, that. Well, I mean, sense. technically, the number goes down. Yeah, every, more Bitcoin uh, you know, as blocks get produced, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I that that's what my mom always told me. The first trillion is the hardest, so yeah, um, it's definitely a very very famous phrase. Yeah, you know, it, people think a trillion is cool. You know, it's cool. A quadrillion, that's really cool. A quadrillion. Um, yeah, I mean, it is I, like. like People are too focused on like the 50,000 and above price range. This actually shocked me when I saw it earlier this week. I missed it. They dropped it on Friday of last week and um, was looking for topics for the bent over the weekend and stumbled across the crypto voices. It's number six. It's the sixth largest base bunny. It's pretty massive in, in a very short amount of time. Well, let's be honest. Like it's competing with really shitty money. And of the shitty money, there's like one or two decent monies of, you know, the, the top of the shit. Well, I would say it's approaching. Um, there's like a major drop off, right? Yeah, there is. It's approaching the top of the shit. In the UK, the pound right. the, is a pretty, the, the pound pretty is historical the currency. Yeah. So once right. it overtakes the pound, um, it's uh, it's game on. But a perfect like, so like what what are we at right now? We're at like fifty two. That we're right right under fifty two right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like. Just to put this into reference, freaks, like it was at 47K last week. In your head, would you go ham on 47K if you could right now? Like, I know I would go ham on 47K. That seems cheap as fuck, right? That was 5K ago. Um, next week is going to be the same thing. Like, that's what th- these bull cycles do to you. Like, it's going to be like people can't, you really, you, you fathom it more when you look back. Um, I, you know, I, I, I really, I like, I don't, I think the floor is set. I think the floor is set. I don't think we fall under 40 K. Um, I might end up eating my words, but I don't think we ever go. I don't think Bitcoin ever goes under 40 K again on, in like any kind of real way. I'll go down on the ship that's, with that's, you. I don't that's think where so I'm either. Feeling. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. And I, I, and like, so like right now it's easier to say that, right? But I said that on Dispatch two weeks ago, and it seemed like a stupid fucking statement to say. Like I, both Rodolfo and Paul kind of, you know, pushed back on me when I said it. Um, and now, and and like, yeah. So I, it's important freaks to have conviction. Like his, history is going to favor the bold here. And I, I don't want people to over leverage themselves. I don't want people to use leverage at all. I want people to stay humble, but you have to like, if, if you don't do it, no, like no one's going to do it for you. Agreed. There's a sense of urgency here. Think of your future self. You don't want your future self yelling at your, your, your present self. At that point, it'll be your past self. Think of, think of the future freak in you and what he or she uh, would think if, if they were not able to acquire sats at particular price levels. Always think of your future self. That's what lowering your time preference is about. Think about your future self. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's an uh, interesting time. I think Willie Wu actually had a, some data to prove that, that like 48 is like the new 35 level. Um, but who knows? That's TA stuff. Yo, remember Hyperwave? We're going to, the low of 1500. Just wait for that, guys. Is Tone Vase still short in the corn? The Hyperwave was like nine months ago. Yeah. The Hyperwave bullshit. That's crazy. Time happens happens faster than you think, freaks. The floor is 50K. Don't be so bearish, Odell. That's the freak in the comment. Appreciate you guys for keeping me honest. Yes. All right. I'm getting yelled at in the comments. I've been looking at the comments too, freaks. We're gonna cancel our HR because because I've been I've been missing. Willie Wu isn't TA. He's, he's fi- fundamental analysis. I'm sorry. He does like on chain and shit. Yeah. Uh, number of whole hodlers and and stuff like that. Tone 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 does TA though. Okay. Yeah, he's got like the nine signal hammer or whatever it's called. One, two, three, four, five, six. Get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, we both have. Stuff to do this afternoon. It was a good morning rep. Even though it was a coffee rep, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Very dense. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I also enjoyed it. Uh, I always enjoy uh, these RHRs. It's just a good time. Um, I love all you freaks. And I look this week's good. I like, I, I think, I think we're easily over 60 K this time next week. I don't even know why, why does Matt now all of a sudden doing price predictions is because this point of the cycle is the easiest time to do price predictions. So I'm going to stop doing it once it becomes less obvious, you know, once we're like properly in orbit, like I'm just gonna, there's going to be just, it's only stay humble stack sats, but until then, uh, up and to the right, up and to the right, every single fucking time you hear my voice. Yeah. My camera's on mirror here. We're going that way. Freaks. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining. Again, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Share it with a friend. Join us for the ride. It's going to be a ride. It already is a ride this year. I can't wait for next week. I think we're going to be significantly higher than we are now. Um, If you're just looking at the amount of coins being pulled off the exchange via Glassnode, it's either people funding margin to trade or big boys making purchases and moving it to custody. So we shall see. What just was that? a disclosure again. They're moving the, a lot of that. Those funds are getting moved into fucking third-party custody. Uh, you know, like very large custodians that may as well be an exchange. Like I don't, you know, I'm I'm really 
it's really frustrating to me that no one's providing like I still think that's is super misleading that the glass note thing and especially it's not including coinbase custody which is the most exchange like custody yeah um you know it came out there was a leak we didn't know some people speculated that tesla bought uh via gbtc it seems like someone at coinbase had loose lips they went through coinbase just like michael saylor did with all the little buys um and then afterwards that bitcoin got sent to either coinbase custody or to one of their major competitors um and their major competitors do the back ends for some exchanges so like this idea that 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 one and a half billion got pulled from an exchange is like uh I definitely got pulled into a stronger hand, but it's still in a centralized honeypot. Yeah. And that's what I wrote in the Ben today. Like worst case scenario, it's going to these third party custodians, but that still distributes risk, right? And would you prefer that to them all keeping it on the exchange they bought it on or? No, I mean, I guess it's still better than nothing. Uh, yeah. But what I really want to see is I really want to see, and I think this is also happening. It's just hard to break the signal from the noise. Um, is is like freaks and just regular plebs just constantly pulling pulling coins into their own their own their own wallets um, that they control that that are not custody. Um, yeah, I I just uh, that that's that's how the floor is really set. The floor is set by the stackers. Everything else is just more. It's like a, it's just a little bit of noise. Yeah. So be aware, freaks. Be aware. Keep stacking, keep moving to personal custody, driving liquidity off these centralized exchanges. It's been a pleasure. Thank you guys for joining us again. Hour and 40 minutes here in here. Uh, Matt, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, rest of your weekend. I hope you have safe travels to your next destination. Love your freaks. Stay humble, stack sats. Peace and love. Kiki!